ready to achieve great heights, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Power Your Performance, the podcast where we dive deep with leaders in the gaming world and beyond and learn the techniques they use to power their lives. I am your host, Gary Kleinman. Welcome, Jason, the lawyer esports extraordinaire. How you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Ah, Always so great to see you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good to see you. It's, it's nice to see you not on a panel with 500 people staring at us and wondering who's looking at who. So it's, it's good to go, <laughs> to go, to go one-on-one for, for a change. So tell me, you're obviously a lawyer. And that's where it all started. Um, as I said to you earlier, it's, you, know, you made your mom happy by getting that degree and passing the bar, or you made yourself happy by passing the bar, because I think the good news about passing the bar is you don't have to take it again. Uh, that's, the, that's basically <laughs> it. Is that, is that, so did you always want to be a lawyer? I did. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, so ever since I was young, I, 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 I thought, you know, hey, uh, I want to be able to solve people's problems and help people out. And, uh, you know, uh, being a lawyer seems very attractive to me. I must have had the only Korean mom that didn't want me to be a lawyer, but somehow <laughs> still persevered through and uh, made it through. And, uh, you know, uh, after working for the government for a little while, um, government Canada, because I'm Canadian, I uh, decided, hey, look, uh, I want to go back to law school, went back to law school, uh, did a little bit of uh, banking law. Uh, in Hong Kong and then said, hey, you know, I really am interested in this health, technology, and sport intersection. Let's go to NYU. And uh, so from then on, uh, here I am at the University of New Haven and also working for uh, Zuber Lawler. So being a lawyer and an educator at the same time now. So, so uh, you know, when you say you're, you're, you have a Korean mom, so you didn't have to be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> since, since Korea is really the home of esports, did she want you to be an esports athlete? <laughs> Just, oh God, no! <laughs> you know, I'm trying, my, trying. <laughs> my, my most vivid, mem- mo- my most traumatic memory. Uh, I guess it's been a charm life, but uh, you know, my most traumatic uh, memory is when I was playing too many uh, Nintendo games. So uh, my mom decided to sell uh, my original NES to, to the neighborhood kids, and uh, they walked away with a great deal on uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers and a console. That's, so, that, that's so you know, funny. Uh, you know, so yeah, no, we're very like, academics focused, and obviously. It, you know, uh, you know, uh, even even a few years ago, this wouldn't be a career path for either one of us, right? But there's no so, question. You know, I, I've yeah. been in gaming, I don't know, six some odd years, and uh, you know, I got into it only because I read an article about a, a female Canadian gamer that was mm-hmm. playing uh, League of Legends in Madison Square Gardens, and they said seventeen thousand people were there, and I said that had to be a typographical error. It just didn't make mm-hmm. any sense because I was doing what your mom was doing. I was sounding my kids and saying enough with the games, and they they'd sit here today now that they're adults and say there are playstations buried in a backyard someplace that i forgot where i put them so uh, yeah I, I i get that it's uh, so you did you you like to play as as a youngster um, yeah and and did you game all the way until where you are today you're you're continually gaming yeah, I still game. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when I was in high school, that was exactly when esports started taking off in Korea. Uh, in North America, we didn't know that much about it, but I was—I still remember playing StarCraft with my friends at a at a PC cafe in Toronto, right? Uh, you know what they would call a PC bang in Korea, right? right. And uh, so I—I've been playing pretty consistently since then. But you know, culturally, things are a little different. It's a lot more social now. People, you know, obviously talking online uh, and making friends online is a lot more socially acceptable now than it was. Uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, you know, uh, right now I play mostly single player, uh, sort of like narrative driven games. 
but you know, I still, I still jump on uh, to, to your CSGO and all that kind of stuff oh, pretty yeah. regularly and get uh, wrecked by a bunch of 12 year olds. It's a, it's a liberating experience. <laughs> Said from a lawyer uh, from a different country. <laughs> we, we do have an editing function. So if you want that to come out just, you just let me know. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. You know, it's interesting. We say, yeah, we couldn't have done this years ago. I mean, what, what has happened in gaming and the acceptability of gaming is, is just staggering. I mean, you, you, it, to, to see almost flipping a switch, right, from it being a cry for help um, as an activity to, and, and I'm, I can't wait to, to get into what you're doing at the college level and creating the curriculum and, and, and what have you. It's, it's staggering, and I look at, you know, my peer group, my buddies, um, have no clue what I do. I mean, and mm-hmm. it comes up all the time. It literally yeah. comes up all the time. We'll be sitting with 14, 15 guys at our, you know, our guys' dinner, and they'll go, I don't know, he does something in gaming and health and wellness mm-hmm. and the digital media, and they go, I don't know what the hell this gaming thing's about, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's always one or two that are a little bit more progressive. They go, oh man, everybody's gaming. I mean, it's okay. You can you can get a college scholarship as a gamer, and and then the other people go, really? You can really do that? And um, you know, when we met at the the sports nutrition summit, I can't tell you how many people after our panel, especially mothers, came mm-hmm. up to me and said, thank you guys. One my son loves you because now I understand why he games and I'm going to give him a little less flack for it. So she said, you're probably, he doesn't even know it, his new found hero because um, <laughs> you know, he, he knows, he's no longer getting time out with the frequency that, that he was. But just the knowledge of the communal aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And, and what shocks me is um, that the publishers don't, publicize that. They don't do PSAs about the value proposition of gaming. They don't talk about the community. They don't talk about how people are really bolstering and improving each other's lives and helping them and meeting them. And, uh, and it's somewhat surprising. And, and you are an exceptionally educated man. Why are the publishers not professing the value proposition in gaming? Yeah, I think on the corporate side, they're they're beginning to do that, right? But the problem with with gaming and esports, which is the competitive side of it, is is the fact that you know it grew out as a subculture, right? You you sort of had to do it without people knowing, uh, before, otherwise you get mocked, or you know your parents would take away your consoles, right? So you know, so it grew as a subculture, and I think there's this slow realization that it is now just culture, right? It's the largest entertainment sector in the world, right? Right. Uh, for, you know, gaming is four times larger than, uh, you know, uh, global film revenues two years ago, right? Uh, before the pandemic, uh, you know, it's bigger than the music and, and film industries combined in terms of revenue. But people don't think that way because at the end of the day, if I ask you to, uh, you know, picture a gamer, and I think I said this during the summit, you picture a pimply kid with uh, Doritos and Mountain Dew. That's what you do. And, right. you know, that's great for Frito-Lay and that's great for, uh, you know, PepsiCo, but it's not necessarily great uh, for, for the image of, of the industry as a whole. And that's slowly changing now. You know, I think there's a lot of people that realize there's lots of money to be made. And once there's money to be made, anything is uh, socially, suddenly socially acceptable. So, we'll which is true, happens. but you, you know, you never hear, uh, you know, SimCity is the reason I believe this statistic is somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 percent of all city managers managers became Mm -hmm. city managers because because of some city city. and and that's shocking it's 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you know uh, games are are very good at training you, right? And that's one things that we're fi- one of the things we're finding at the collegiate level. We already knew it, but it's just it's more interactive. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a lot of fun to learn by doing, right? And right. So it's it's you know even even people, uh, for instance, uh, sim racing, right? Or, you know, uh, one of the guys that has a ride in, in rally car, he started out as a sim racer, right? So, you know, it's an exceptionally good way to learn. It's a good. It's a great way to to do things by application, but again, it just comes down to image, right? You know, people still think it's it's for kids uh, that you'll have to give it up once you get a real job and you'll grow up. But you know, I, I mean, look, I'm I'm starting to get there. My birthday was yesterday, you know, so you Happy know, I'm getting up there. Thank Happy you very birthday. much. Did you buy Did you buy yourself a new game? I did not actually. No, I did. I did. I bought myself <laughs> okay. a VR game. Believe it or not. Okay. Uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, no, so you know, I mean, it's one of those things where, as gamers get older, uh, you know, I think a lot more understanding, a lot more uh, realization that hey, this is a sector. Uh, it's a valuable sector, uh, and even if it wasn't, it's at least the popular sector of the economy. Might as well deal with it rather than not deal with it. Than not deal with it. So, um, you know, things are changing slowly but surely. But I have to admit, you're you're right. The publishers have not done traditionally a good job. Uh, of outlining all the positive things it can do it sort of just said hey we're uh, you know up till now it's like it's extreme and you can you can shoot the you know a bunch of things that you probably shouldn't be shooting and stuff like that and and, and even with the the turmoil that activision has had with their corporate philosophy or or, uh, now let's hope it's not a philosophy you know there's so many opportunities for them to paint gaming esports and gaming in such a better light and none of them seem to want to do that it's always been confusing to me when you're wearing your lawyer hat forget new New hampshire yet what kind of law you're practicing you know uh, i specialize in sort of transactional work right so uh, one of the things i like to tell my students uh, at at the university of new haven is basically hey look uh, you know when they ask me what kind of legal work you do i say when you look at an industry sector right? Like esports, you're sort of doing everything, right? Which is basically, you know, you're doing contracts, you know, you can look at M&A stuff, uh, you're looking at the sponsorship deals, all that kind of stuff. That's all just transactions. And, and you've had a long history in, uh, in, in, in business, right? Contracts, right? Contracts, contracts, and it's IP, and it's distribution, and it's ownership, and it's margins, and P and Ls, and all the other things that um, you. So, so is esports with New Haven a? um, uh, What's the best way? Is it a break from just the mundaneness, so to speak, of practicing, or would you like to uh, do that on a full time basis? And then we'll get into what you're actually doing there on a full time basis. But is it just, well, a, or you'll just like the balance? Actually, believe it or not, it is my full time. Oh, is it? It is my full time job. Yeah. So oh, uh, basically, I lead the academic programs, both on the undergraduate and graduate side. Uh, sides, I also oversee the, the team. And in fact, it's my law work that's a part time basis. Right? Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Oh. So, um, I, you know, that I'm expl- in the business. Jason, yeah, that, that, that explains your smile. <laughs> You've met a lot of lawyers, I can see. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was one. I was a litigator oh, okay. for many so, years. Yeah, that's yeah, right, I, I am. Um, yeah, I got out. I loved it. Great education. Great, 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 great education. Terrible business. Use it every day. So, yeah, I feel your pain. Right. Um, I love doing what I'm doing because I get to be in gaming and tell stories and, and, and with the health and wellness aspect of it, hopefully you improve people's lives. So without a doubt. So so I get that. So So you go to New Haven. And you go, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to, I got a blank canvas. I got to create mm-hmm. a program. Uh, and, and and that's not like, let's just get some consoles and play. 
That's yeah. a that's a curriculum and and mm-hmm. and that's a schedule and that's not only just a curriculum in terms of the games and design and what have you, but health, wellness, and nutrition, which we will talk about. So first thing you do when they go, okay, now I, I asked for this job. I got it, right? Now, you know, there's two good days, right? You, you got what you asked for. You go, oh, now I got what I asked for. What do I do? <laughs> so what was the first thing you did? First thing they did was uh, was uh, look at what they had planned. You know, they had they had some idea and they did pass a provisional curriculum through. Was so that was yeah. some of the work that had been done. But you know, I looked at it and I said, look, there's a lot of good stuff here, but there's a lot missing as well, right? So the first thing I did was, well, if I'm a student, what's the first thing that's going to really interest me? And I thought back to obviously I still practice, but I was thinking back to you know, well, I like applied skills, right? I like to learn about business. I need to know a little bit about law. How do I do that? Do I want to you know, walk them through an IP course, eh, you know, at the undergraduate level, probably not, not you know, not. and also even at the graduate level, probably not. Right. But I do want to teach them about by doing, and I want, and like, like we said with SimCity, the best way to learn is by doing. So I brought in a lot of uh, corporate partners, right? So HyperX, Twitch, uh, you know, Turner Sports, uh, Foxwoods uh, Resort Casino, all those people and said, let's build courses together. Right. Let's brace project based courses where we can, uh, you know, project learning courses where you can actually come in, give the students a business question and we're going to just attack. Right. And by attacking the business question, they're going to learn by osmosis sort of right. the business skills and, and things that they're doing. So actually, they've provided, uh, you know, a lot of uh, advice uh, to major corporations at the ages of like 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, about what to do about esports. That's and great. Gaming. Love that. Yeah, I love that because, you know, there are a lot of universities and colleges that do have some program, some official, mm-hmm. some non-official, some just gaming intramural, basically, or intercollegiate. But there's no standardized curriculum, so to no. speak, like there is in art history and English. And so is is there a peer group of people that have basically your job title and your responsibilities in other universities and colleges where you guys can actually somehow say, how do we get a standardized curriculum? You know, it has, there are people with, with my title, I believe, and there there's growing part. I think uh, at some point I was the only full-time business school professor, uh, you know, teaching esports uh, specifically full-time. Uh, but, you know, I don't I, that may have changed. I think the challenge with this industry is the fact that you can attack it from a bunch of different places, right? Just like sport management. In some places, sport management is all about human kinetics, and it's in the, it's in the school of kinesiology. In some places, it's in the business school. Here, I'm in the business school, right? Okay. So, you know, the way I attack, uh, you you know, the education here is just is from a business and law focus, right? You know, how do you actually get, how do you actually, you know, uh, solve a business problem? What are sort of the steps you need to take? And that's different from some of the other schools that might focus a little bit more on, say, the game design stuff or the event right, management right. things, right? Because that's not where I come from, and and you know how it is. Everybody's a slave to their own, uh, to their own uh, own backgrounds, right? Yeah, no so, question. You go you right, know, go right to a warm market. So is exactly. it is it a certificate degree program or is it just a series of of curriculum courses? That that they take as part of their overall major. We have a we have a few actually. So we do have a full on uh, bachelor's in esports and gaming. So they graduate with a with wow. a bachelor's degree in esports and gaming. There is a concentration esport in esports management within the the bachelor of science of management as well. If they want to go that route, we have a minor uh, as well that students across the campus can take if they want to do that. And we also have a graduate program. We have the first uh, graduate program uh, at, at MS in the esports business, uh, and that's available online asynchronously as well. Yeah, oh, that's, that's great. So how many people teach these courses with you? I mean, are there 
guests that come in and do lectures and what have you and guest lectures adjuncts uh that we hire directly from industry my master's program for instance uh is uh, you know we have a few people that are full-time faculty but the rest i brought in from industry right uh to teach courses so you know stakeholder relations uh you know consumer marketing all that kind of stuff is actually taught by people directly from industry from places like rec global uh activision blizzard vindex so on and so forth you know so I, I, I really value, and this is a thing, you know, as a practitioner, I value that, that you know, that kind of learning, right? And especially when I, you're talking I, about something like esports and gaming, you know, there's not a ton of theory yet. Obviously, we teach them management techniques, we teach them some legal principles, but, you know, it, it, it's not like I'm saying like, hey, there, Foucault said this about, you know, uh, about gaming. It, it's not like that, right? right. So. I want the students to understand what the culture is, but I also want them to understand, hey, uh, you know, this is how you interact with the culture from a business sense. So we need people directly from industry teaching that in that case. So it's really it seems like the focus is to give them tools and experience to actually uh, be employed in the industry, right? That's right. And, and and a lot of what's gone on over the last you know six years, and because it's a nascent industry, is you've got <laughs> gamers who, if they were a professional gamer, they're aging out it. 23, 24, you know, for the most part, right around there. There's some aberrations that are, you know, a lot older than that and some um, earlier, but they want to stay in the business, but they, they couldn't tell you a P&L or a marketing plan or an event schematic or a run a show. They just know how to game. And then for so many years, the management in all these companies knew the P&L and, and everything else, but they didn't understand gaming. So yeah. these kids are really at that intersection at a very early stage that they have a gaming experience, be it casual, competitive or otherwise, or otherwise but now they're, they're, they're really learning the, the nuts and bolts of actually making it a job, right? And yeah, and that's and that's the main thing. The the, the key the key word there was tools, right? Um, I mean, we we you know both coming from the legal industry, we both know at the end of the day, law school. Okay, it's fine. It gives you the degree, but you know it's the bar exam, it's practice that actually gives you the tools to do anything. And that's it, it, I wanted to skip that part of just you know so saying like, hey, this is what Super Mario was like. Great, you know what Super Mario is like. I don't need to tell you what that is, right? Uh, I'll give you the architecture around it, and then you tell me exactly what we can do with it, and give them the tools. And and that's just my personal philosophy. I'm not sure if it's the right one, but the thing is, it is one, and the, the students seem to enjoy it. The fine so far, so uh, yeah. I, I, I think you know my takeaway from from law school um, is it taught me to think differently. Mm -hmm. You know, it 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 just taught me to see a much broader footprint um, than I would otherwise have thought. And, and I think in, in your curriculum, it gives people to look at a game and not look at it from the tactical, I'm playing a game and I want, I, I, I want, to, I want to win, right? What goes into it? There's music, there's art, there's IP, there's licensing. You know, there's mm -hmm. uh, what, what, what happens, you know, when, when you get sued for whatever it is that you get sued, you know, and, and where are, you know, the, 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 the laws with minors and content and restrictions on content. And that stuff's fascinating because that really is what makes up a game, right? I mean, it's... Absolutely. Uh, and, and without understanding that, it, it, it's almost impossible to to be in that industry. So, you know, our, our focus in, in many respects is health, wellness, and, and nutrition. How do you incorporate that? Do you see that this, the incoming students because they're coming in at what, 18, 19 years old, mm -hmm. roughly? Um, roughly, And staying yeah. until maybe they're 24, depending if they're graduate schools or not. As they're coming in, 
Do you think that they have any thought about health, wellness, and nutrition? Are they where I see the invincible ones where if their hand hurts, they go, hey, it hurts. If I'm tired, give me a monster Red Bull, you know, rock star, as opposed to saying, oh, wait a second, that's loaded with nothing that my body really should be doing and should I have sleep? So where, where does that fit in when they come in as, as an 18-year-old and what do they look like when they, they come out as a 23-year-old uh, from the health, wellness, and nutrition perspective? Well, you know, when they come in, they're 18, so they're invincible, right? Uh, I just had a conversation uh, a couple of days ago with a student that may uh, that that all of a sudden he's like, well, I can't type. And I'm like, well, why can't you type? He's like, well, I may have separated my shoulder, but I don't know. And, I, uh, <laughs> you know, and I was like, how how long has it been? Oh, it's been a week or two. And I'm like, you go see, a, go see somebody, right? Um, you know, so at, at the age 18, uh, you know, of course, you have some of the more athletic ones that will have a routine already. But, you know, most people, when they come in 18, they're, they're just generally just doing what they did all the time, right? And so one of the things that we have to do uh, and that we do consider our responsibilities, we do teach them, you know, uh, about health, wellness, and nutrition, about getting rest and all that kind of stuff. So the people who are members of the varsity team will get that. It's part of their curriculum. It's something that they're they're taught about. Um, and then we also have academic tracks as well. So for one, of, for instance, our BS in esports and gaming, we do have a track for athlete health and wellness, right? Uh, so they can take specialized courses in it. Uh, you know, so that's that's some some of the things that we do. You know, can we do more of it? Absolutely. You know, uh, the pandemic really kind of. You know, I came I came here and you know, two months later it was uh, the pandemic. So I didn't we didn't get a chance to build in sort of a wellness plan and a, right, right. And a nutritional plan and a, and a workout plan and weight planning, uh, weight training and all that kind of stuff. But these are kinds of things that are in the pipeline. But there is also a growing, there is also a communication that if you do want to play at a higher level, which some of them do, most of them actually just want to go into the business side of things. But uh, we do tell them, hey, um, this is not five to 10 years ago. You know, if you go to, you know, I was at Gen G's headquarters, they have sleep pods. So, you know, for their athletes for, or for even for their regular staff that might want to sleep in the middle of the day and recharge, uh, they, they have nutritionists, they have, uh, you know, they have trainer, you know, trainers. So if you want to hit a performance level, you have to take care of yourself. And that's something that we do tell them con consistently. And by the way, we don't just tell them on the athletic side, we say this is also good on the business side as well. Yep. It is very hard to stay up and do any work or be alert if you're if you're not eating right or you're sleeping at 8 a.m. or something like that. And uh, that's, a, that's a conversation I have maybe a little too often with some of the students. <laughs> so are they receptive to the conversation or they are still going, ah, I'm healthy, I'm fine because... I'm not even doing annual physicals. I'm not, you know, my mom's not harassing me to, you know, eat more kale um, or whatever that greafy green leafy is. Um, are are they getting a little bit more receptive to it? Yeah. I, you know, I do think that there has been a market cultural shift, you know, especially as gaming has gotten a little more mature as well. Whereas before I, I was, I, people were kind of deluded and saying, oh, I'm still healthy. I'm like, you know, I'm still skinny and stuff. I think there is a general recognition that said, I'm okay for now, <laughs> but in a couple of years, this is going to come and bite me in the butt, right? right. And, or, and that I do need to eat better. I do need to sleep better. So there is a more of a recognition that, you know, people are not invincible. And, you know, and also the, some of that is because they get to see some of their peers or and their older sort of gamers and stuff sort of break break down uh, a little bit earlier than they should, right? Or, or you know, develop RSI or something like that, you know, because they didn't take care of themselves or, or not be able to function well because they're not sleeping. So 
you know, so the good parts of gaming are, are, are propagating, but so are the bad parts, and that's creating some recognition in the health and wellness area, I would say. Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the one thing that we keep coming across is, you know, gamers have a tendency to game longer than they probably should, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're probably gaming in a non-ergonomically designed chair um, yeah. because most of what's out there other than the Herman Miller line and what have it, and those are pretty pricey, and a lot of college students are not in a position, obviously, to, to afford that, and even the hardware. You know, most of the hardware is not supportive of proper wrist positioning and and things like Mm -hmm. that. So it would be nice to see some of the peripherals of the chair manufacturers, the hardware folks, um, really redesign or look at it. You know, I know there's a lot of talk about it, but in market, there's not a whole lot of uh, really ergonomically designed products for the gamers, and and and, and that's a two-edged sword. It, it just means that uh, they're not going to get it from there, so in order to protect themselves, they have to either take more breaks and stretch and, and what have you, um, and they have to eat better because mm-hmm. all of that you know, does create inflammation and inflammation is bad for you and all the things that um, every nutritionist and every research exercise uh, performance uh, professional will will tell you. Uh, It'd be interesting actually to test some of these kids um, when they come in as a freshman and and then test them uh, annually to see where they are on that chart of, of speed, accuracy, weight, cholesterol, um, all, all the things that um, is, is so critically important. Well, we should we should definitely collaborate on that because uh, we do have, a, a you know, especially with what you're doing, uh, it would be great to see and chart that. And the other thing that I would also say is uh, in terms of the peripherals, you know, one of the things that I do find is that gaming is a still to a certain extent a very conservative industry, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, once they find something that works or, or, or a marketing pattern that works, everybody sort of just kind of falls in line. Right. And, you know, especially when I'm thinking of some of the gaming chairs or things like that, everything looks the same. And, yes. and, 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 and to a certain extent, the industry does need to move past that, right? You know, games can look a little different from each other. It's fine. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, we can have different sort of, uh, you know, uh, ergonomics. We can have different sort of peripherals. Uh, you know, the marketplace is a lot more adaptable than I think that, you know, the gaming industry seems to think. Or generally, maybe that's a whole marketing thing, right? I think marketers might be also a little bit more conservative than say, hey, we know what works and let's just replicate that. But, you know, we probably do need to experiment it like even though it is the world's largest industry uh, in terms of entertainment you know it's still relatively nascent all things considered so there's a lot of room to experiment and i don't think that companies are taking enough advantage of that to be honest well you know the companies that are public companies don't because they're about shareholder value right so and and how much r&d are they going to do and say hey we're, we're we're doing well now i'm going to go spend x to figure out a new chair but we're selling a lot of chairs you know, I think there's a moral component to that, too. And ultimately, they, they, they will sell more. The one thing, I would love to collaborate you. I have lots of thoughts on, 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 on all of that because that's how I live my life every day It's at Skins. But I will send today, or if not today, certainly by tomorrow, we have a, a two-volume ebook on the top 25 gaming injuries, how to prevent them and how to train and, and how to treat them. So that's something you can distribute to every single one of them. And it's, it, it, it's actually uh, well done with a chiropractor who has a subspecialty in esports, and he's a major gamer. So, um, you know, I think a lot of it is knowledge, right? A lot mm-hmm. of these these kids uh, just don't know 
Uh, they've been doing this for so long. Their parents or gatekeeper parents did not think about, well, well like, I, they should stretch, they should stretch or, they, or should, they, they should do something different when they were younger. And, and I, I know they were saying, get out of the chair uh, <laughs> and, go shoot, <laughs> and go shoot hoops or go talk to your brother or whatever the, 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 those dynamics were. But it just seems that there's this long gap of not really wanting to talk about vitamins, right, and supplements. And um, I had a conversation, an episode we did recently on the podcast with an exercise, exercise. performance expert. And she said, you know, there's all these vitamins that and supplements that gamers should be taking to increase their speed mm-hmm. because it reduces inflammation and inflammation anywhere in your life will reduce your ability to respond in a game and that's true if it's your mind your fingers your your hands and and that's you know critically important yeah, and that was one of the things that actually struck me uh, about the in, about the ingredients industry. Actually, at the summit that we were at, right, the sport and action yeah. nutrition, uh, there because they don't know the esports and gaming industry that well. The way that they market everything is towards peak performance, yes. and yes. and 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 that's fine. But you know, <laughs> most gamers aren't out there trying to you know uh, click faster. Uh, you know, believe it or not, they're trying to extend their extend their career or extend their playing time right. and not feel like crap after they're done. So. Right. You know, I think that, you know, I think as gamers age and as they mature, we're going to see more, but there has to be more, I think, from that industry, from the health and wellness industry, generally speaking, that, you know, that speaks to not just the top 1%, but the 99% of us that are just trying to, trying to game and get through our day, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, I've spoken to so many of the attendees at, at the summit. I mean, and, and some of that is selfish on their behalf because they want me to buy more ingredients for some of the products that Skins produces and what have you. And I get that. And, and if you were to go to my house right now, it looks like I am a drug dealer. There are, there are samples of every powder and every capsule and everything else. So there's this, this and that. But they're, they're looking at it from a standpoint, which, which is very finite, is, oh, my God, esports is massive. We have to be in it. Not where do we bring value to esports yeah. and the player it's not and and it's fomo right it's the fear of missing out we hear you know somebody has an ingredient oh, we we got to run and get that but we have a better clinical trial study and it's going to be plant based and all the things that i hear every day all day and then right. you, you know you ask well we got a sugar that's not really a sugar and it's not going to stimulate um, insulin and and all the thing and for me i love it because it's all education and i love to learn but they're they're really looking at this from it's a market opportunity Right. And, and and it isn't necessarily a market opportunity if you don't look at the what the market really needs. And it's not just another ingredient, right? We yeah. don't really need, and we produce one. The world doesn't need another gamer energy product, right? Yeah. I mean, um, and, if, and if we do, we want it to be a little bit different than the bulk of what's out there because it's not all that healthy. Um, right. And, and, and that's kind of the, the conversation when I have with these ingredient companies. They go, oh, well, yeah, but we've been tasked as an initiative. You have to be in esports, right? right? You know, yeah. and, and I get that not only, and you, you get that everyone wants to be in esports right now, right? It's, of course. And, and that's whether it's on the team, on, on merch, on whatever that happens to be. And I go, but, you know, that, that's, the, that's the tale, you know, you've got to get in and go, why should I be in here and what value can can I yeah. bring? 
that value proposition is everything and 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 you know it's it's, it's it was very entertaining because obviously i've, I've come from, i come from a different background of of listening to that industry try to explain in very scientific terms what what the difference is and i i did talk to somebody and i basically said you know your competition is monster right like <laughs> like whatever you do probably going to be better um so you know it, it's not you know so yes you it, it's really about about communicating that value right but uh, but for some reason it's just you know because everybody speaks from their discipline and from their background you know sometimes i think that especially in the ingredients play in, in the ingredient space and that in the wellness space they just sort of get locked in the science of it and how to communicate minute differences rather than just saying talking like talking to to consumers generally and say this is what we do right. you know right. we think it'll help you why don't you try it yeah. <laughs> right uh, and and a human approach goes a long way but i, I you know again it's it, it was a fascinating insight for me into a different industry right or one yeah, you're much more with than i oh, am yeah. so it's a yeah. great industry and and with, with with us before we go is you know, from from our perspective of the health and what we get to sit in the middle of all of it, right? So we get to yeah. sit in the middle of a gamer gaming. We also get to sit on the back end and going, hey, we can actually formulate these things to to help you, whether it's to hydrate you, keep you in the chair longer, uh, with less muscle cramps and focus and everything. All those things we get to look mm-hmm. at. How do we do that? And and also, so I love the intersection that that we're at and, and that. And yes, we will absolutely collaborate on a few things. I'm going to send you an ebook. I appreciate the time there's so many things we could talk about we'll do another session in 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 the future but keep doing what you're doing in new haven the kids are lucky to have you because the one thing i get from you and and i did on the panel um is your infectiousness and your commitment um and and your sheer joy about doing what you're doing Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, happy to talk anytime. And, uh, you know, thanks for the kind words. And really, uh, it's it's a pleasure for me to interact with you here and, and anywhere, basically, because yeah. it's 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 refreshing to see somebody that, you know, that came from a similar-ish background uh, and, and is also in the space going, wow, <laughs> look, at all the, look at all the crap that's around, you know? And if I could just get my family yeah. to go, yeah, it's okay, you're no longer a lawyer. But that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> I think I have to just use your mother as an example. Um, oh, well, try convincing my wife too then. <laughs> All right. Have her text me. Be well, Jason. Good to see you. We'll talk soon. Thanks Very for cool. your time, Boo. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the MAP Esports Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Please be sure to leave us a review and follow us on your favorite podcast player.